What's your favorite toy of all time? Jack, what's your favorite toy that you had when you were a kid? Your bicycle. How about you, Jim? Train, toy train. How about how about you, Bill Bender? What was your favorite toy? Come on. Football. Good, safe answer. Good job, Bill. How about you, Jan? Favorite toy? Let me guess. It was a doll, right? Sure, she says. Sure. We'll go with that. Leanne, how about you? Jacks. Okay. So when we were kids, we, we all had our favorite toys, right? Well, from an article in Time Magazine on the 100 most popular toys of all time, from the 1920s to the 2010s, here are some of the toys that were mentioned. In the 1920s, it was the radio flyer was the most popular, the wagon was the most popular toy. We'll skip to the 60s, where it was an Etch-A-Sketch, which are still popular today, and also a Slip and Slide, which are still popular today. The 70s, it was Nerf Balls, Weebles, and Paddington Bear made the top of the list. In the 80s, it was Cabbage Patch Kids. In the 90s, it was Super Soakers. In the 20s, it was Bratz Dolls. And it was Zuzu Robotic Hamsters. Remember those? 2010s, it was Minecraft Toys. See where we're going? LOL Dolls. Fidget Spinners. Toys that are in my house. What's your favorite toy, Camry? Dolls, yeah. Caden, I know yours are Legos. No question about that one. He's a Lego guy. Oh, we got another Lego guy here too. Oh, okay. The girls are awful busy up there. I would ask them what their favorite toys were. They're a little busy. <laughs> you know, Weebles. Always kind of, of all the dumb toys to really attract you and really think, I, I just thought they were cool. But I bet the inventor of Weebles would have never dreamed that these little egg-shaped dolls, which try to find one right now. I tried, I couldn't get find one. I even was at the, in the nursery about 10 minutes before, 20 minutes before the service started this morning, hoping we'd have, we'd have an old Weebles down there. But no, they're gone. But who, he would never dream that they were going to become as popular as they did. And I think one reason that they became popular was because of their ad slogan. Who remembers their ad slogan? Weebles, look at all the hands go up. Everybody knows. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. There we go. See, the whole, almost the whole church knew that one. If you remember that song, it might be going around in your head for the rest of the day, and you're welcome. I hope you enjoy it. I liked Weebles. You could hit them, you could punch them, you could slam them on the ground. No matter what you did to them or how you treated them, they always bounced back up, didn't they? They always stood up straight again. They had a little weight on the bottom so that when they were knocked down, that weight would balance them and they'd come right back up. 
If only we were more like those little egg-shaped toys. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. I wish that that could be said of me all the time. I thought about Weebles as I read our passage, as I listened again to Jack read our passage this morning. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Outwardly, we are wasting away. Boy, Paul, that was a nice positive thing to say, wasn't it? Outwardly, we are wasting away, but it's true. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, where? Not on what we see, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, this is all for a little while. Bill always tells me, Bill Vlasnik always tells me, we're just here for a visit, just for a little while. But what is unseen is eternal. Paul knew what it was like to have status and success. He also knew what it was like to lose that status and that success and everything else once he committed himself to following Jesus. Paul knew that life tends to hit us, to punch us, every once in a while body slam us and step on our throat. He knew what that felt like. But we aren't weebles. We are not guaranteed to bounce back. When we get knocked down, we don't always come right up. We need help. And in our reading, Paul tells us how to get the strength and the resilience and even joy in those times of hardships and troubles. First of all, he says, don't let discouragement defeat you when trouble comes. He says, do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed every day. He means that he knows that life is taking its toll physically, emotionally, mentally. Paul knew what it was like to face hardship. He knows what we go through. He knew what those hardships could do to us. Someone once said, if nobody knows the trouble you've seen, then you've had a facelift. And it's true. Life takes its toll. The wrinkles come. All that good stuff. Heavyweight boxer James Quick Tillis tells a story. He was a boxer, but he was also a cowboy and an actor. He grew up in Oklahoma, but he fought out of Chicago in the early 1980s. And he, still, he says he still remembers his first day in Chicago. He says, I got off the bus, this is a quote, I got off the bus with two cardboard suitcases under my arms in downtown Chicago. I stopped in front of the Sears Tower. I set my suitcases down and I looked up at the tower and I said to myself, I'm going to conquer Chicago. And when I looked back down, my suitcases were gone. <laughs> we all have days like that. Life can be discouraging. Life can be hard. If you want a good life, Paul says this, do not lose heart. In other words, don't give up. Hang in there. Give God a chance to help you to victory. I saw a devotional that might help us to see even, even hopeless situations in a new life just a week or two ago. It says, imagine that I, I dump 
10,000 plastic eggs in your backyard. I guarantee you that inside of one of those eggs is a million dollars, a million dollar check with your name on it. And yes, it's a good check. Would you get discouraged if you opened the first 100 eggs and you hadn't found the check? Would you quit? Of course not. You just keep opening the eggs, just waiting for the one with the check. Think about Paul's life. This man was beaten, he was stoned, he was imprisoned, he was shipwrecked, he was starved, he was rejected, and yet he said that in all of his sufferings, they were nothing, nothing compared to the glory to come. Friends, this past year and almost year and a half has been nothing. It's been horrible, I know. We all lived through it. But it's been nothing compared to the glory that is going to come. And he says, do not lose heart. Outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Our light and our momentary troubles. Listen to what he says about our troubles. Are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all of them. So fix your eyes on what is seen. Not on what is seen, but what is unseen. In other words, Paul says, I've opened up a lot of empty plastic eggs. But I never gave up. He believed that something great was in the future. And I believe that something great is in the future for each of us and for this church and for this community and for these people. Maybe it feels like your life has been nothing but empty eggs. Maybe you feel like you've opened 9,000 of them. Still haven't found that check. And you really don't have the will to go on. Well, let me encourage you today. Don't give up. Some of the greatest accomplishments have been made by people who just gritted their teeth and held on. And there are times when that's all we can do. Think about this past winter. Think about how sick and tired we were of it all. And there was nothing, absolutely nothing we could do about it. What did we do? Give yourself some credit, folks. You gritted your teeth, you held on, and here we are. Things are finally coming around. It took a while, but we're getting there. Don't give up. Let me tell you about a young man like that. Back in the 1970s, there was a young Canadian athlete whose name was Terry Fox. He was diagnosed with a very aggressive bone cancer. Terry was only 18 years old when the doctors had to amputate one of his legs above the knee. And if you were him, you would probably be bitter. You would probably be worried. You would probably feel hopeless. We've had, and we presently have, people in this congregation who have experienced this very thing. But Terry wasn't hopeless, just like our Terry wasn't hopeless. He decided that he would learn to live a full life, with or without that leg. 
And so he got a prosthetic and he set a goal. He decided that he was going to run across Canada to raise money for cancer research. And he called it his Marathon of Hope. Terry's dream was to raise $1 million for Canadian cancer research. On April 12, 1980, he left from the eastern edge of Canada. Every day he ran almost a complete marathon with one prosthetic leg. And then something amazing happened. People began to hear about his marathon of hope, and they united in an amazing way. People across the country were cheering him on. They were following his route, keeping track of where he was, how far he'd gotten, and they were donating money. Terry made it 143 days before his body started to give out. The cancer had spread to his lungs. He died in 1981 at the age of 22. He never made it to the West Coast. But even though he didn't finish his race, he reached his goal. He didn't raise a million dollars for cancer research. He raised $24.1 million. And today, people across Canada and around the world still hold a Terry, cancer, a Terry Fox run for cancer every year. Since 1981, the Terry Fox Foundation has raised hundreds of millions of dollars for cancer research. In 1999, he was chosen as Canada's greatest hero, and he has been inducted into the Canadian Medical Hall of Fame, all because he refused to give up. He gritted his teeth, and he went on. If you want to know more about Terry, just go to YouTube and type in Terry Fox. All kinds of wonderful stuff in there. You'll find videos on his life, including a full movie. Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Physically, Terry Fox did waste away. But by the grace of God, emotionally and spiritually, he inspired an entire country. How? Well, Terry was a Christian, and his faith drove him to live a life, a life of purpose. He chose to trust his future to his God. Terry was motivated by things that were unseen. Paul was looking toward things unseen. This hope kept him from losing heart. Belief in God will do that. That's the first step. The first step to take to keep from losing heart to strengthen the inner person while the outer person is wasting away is not to let discouragement defeat you when trouble happens. The second step is to focus on the task at hand. Can we learn to let go of our regrets of the past, our anxieties about the future, and focus on necessary things, things that need to be done now, today? It's too late to do anything about the past. It's over. And who knows what tomorrow's going to bring. Nobody saw COVID coming. So let's shut the door on the past. And let's leave the future to God. And let's make today a more meaningful, productive day. Let's think about 2021 for now. How do we strengthen our inner person? Don't lose heart. Focus on things now. Things at hand. 
Author Patsy Claremont talks about a conversation she once had with a young Marine. He was coming home from serving a year and a half overseas, and she said to him, it must have been hard to serve overseas while you're missing your family back home. And the young Marine said, no, ma'am. We were taught never to think of what might never be, but to be fully available right where we are. That's a good lesson. Be fully available right where we are. How much more effective would we be if we practice being available in the present? How could God use us if we gave ourselves fully to the relationships and the opportunities that are right in front of us right now, today? What could God reveal to us if we believed that God is working in the unseen things right now, today, in our lives? That question leads us to the third way that we can keep going when troubles come. Trust God. Therefore, do not lose heart. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. We can't stop the wasting away. We're humans. It's going to happen. We're all hit with the same burdens in life. We're all knocked down sometimes. But as followers of Jesus... We don't have to lose hope. We don't have to lose heart. Like weebles, we can wobble, but not fall down. And I see some of you wobbling. That's good. That means you're listening. I like that. There's no way that we're going to be able to do it at times without God to carry us and to provide that weight that'll put us back in place. Do not lose heart. Even as life takes its toll on our outer person, the inner person can keep getting stronger. Don't let discouragement defeat you. Focus on the tasks at hand. Trust in your God. Know that he cares for you. Do these things and you will be renewed inwardly day by day until the day when we see God face to face. Amen.